it was I don't know. It just it just blows me just thinking about it. But at the end of the day, I felt like if we would have had an opportunity to be in the playoffs, we would have put our best foot forward, and we would have been off, been better off dealing with those uh, with those uh, results at the end of the day. Because I felt like we would have put our best foot forward, and we would have ended up in the national championship. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear presented to you by NoelGameDay.com. We are here live on a wonderful, fantastic Wednesday evening, and we are here with a special guest. You guys can see it in the title. We've got a great one this week carrying us as it's been a slow one uh, these last couple of days. We've got Fabian Lovett, former Florida State star defensive tackle. Fabo, what's good, man? Happy to have you on Here the Spear this evening. It's good, man. I'm happy to be on here to see you guys and talk to you guys, man. It's good catching up. It is. It is. We see you at practice all the time, but now you're out. You're actually near me. I'm in St. Petersburg. I think you're in Clearwater right now, right? Yeah, I'm in Tampa. I moved out of Clearwater. I'm back in, like, that midtown in Tampa. Okay, nice. What is uh, – we were talking in the production meeting, but you're going through a whole ton of training right now, two-a-days and everything. How's that going for you? I was going smooth. I'm just tired, man. <laughs> just tired. But it's going good, though. Uh, I'm getting stronger, faster. Uh, I'm learning a lot of new things that really don't pertain to football, but things that they want to see us be able to do so it could be able to improve our draft stock and stuff like that also. So. Is there anything that the coaches there or maybe you two were going in and trying to work on to, to get better at with your body, anything of that nature? Uh, really, the biggest thing right now is my forty. The forty stance, like it coming out of uh, coming out of that right. Uh, that's probably like the hardest thing I've had to deal with. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Down here. Everything else has been smooth. It's just that forty learning, being consistent with that. That's probably it. It's been a really busy stretch for you. You know, you kind of talked about it a little bit. Recently, you were able to get up there and participate in the East West Shrine Bowl. So. Being back around some former teammates, you know, what was that that week like uh, getting to participate in the All Star Game, and did you get to talk to any uh, scouts up there as well? Oh uh, yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, it felt good being back around the guys, and it just felt like it felt like being. I wouldn't say it felt like being back in Florida State all over again, but it was. It felt good being around the guys, and it felt like it was a good energy. It was a good vibe. Um, I talked to a lot of scouts also. I talked to probably thirty scouts from each team or 30, 30 scouts in, in total, but like it was a scout from each team. So like mm-hmm. uh, it was a great experience, but it was just a lot of the same questions and a lot of the same stuff over and over and over again. Well, for the most part, it was a great experience. I was glad I got the experience, something like that. 
uh, because I was the first one in my family to be able to even get the opportunity to experience, experience something like that. So I was just blessed to be there, and I just soaked in everything at the end of the day. How quickly did you go from at the end of the season? When did you immediately start going into training for you? Uh, I probably have to say after the bowl game. I took I took a good little break so I could let my body sit down and recover and stuff. But I probably have to say like right after the bowl game because I went home and saw some family and see saw my son and chill with them for a few weeks. And so yeah, it probably right after the bowl game, like probably like January first. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, man. I, a lot of guys we talked with Jarin. We got also Brandon Fisk on here as well. Had Meech on. Uh, was our last interview, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you were going through the season before, so going back whenever you were facing LSU and New Orleans, taking it back a couple of years, you suffered that injury. And it was on that last drive. I was down there on the field, saw you go down. Take us through that game overall, but then also to you dealing with that injury and having to go through that rehab process all throughout the year and how that maybe affected you for a little bit. Uh, Honestly, in that moment, I was just mad because I couldn't play. Like, I really didn't even care about the injury. I was just mad I couldn't play and couldn't be on the field with the guys, man. Y'all don't understand. Like, we've been through a lot together, and being able just to win that game was big for us. You know, so I wanted to be a part of that, which I was a part of. I just wanted to be able to finish it out with the guys. Uh, the injury, it was tough. I ain't gonna lie, because that was my first injury ever. First time ever needing to have surgery or anything like that. But I just looked at it as, because my son had so many surgeries before he was even one, and shoot, he was going good and everything was going through it well with him. I was like, this one surgery can't stop me. It wouldn't hold me back. Uh, it was a tough process, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, I just kept looking at it like my son went through way more than this, so this one injury won't stop me now. I wanted to take it back a little bit to your arrival at Florida State because you spent two years at Mississippi State, and then you decided to transfer to FSU alongside Jarian, and he kind of talked about, you know, it was really difficult for you guys to kind of acclimate to Florida State at first. So what were those first um, couple of months like as you as you uh, got running in Tallahassee? Hard. I ain't gonna say hard. It was just, it was just, I won't say miserable either. It was just, it was just tough because like the way everything happened and it just happened so fast. Like we ended up there like fast and in a hurry. But it was just tough because it was a new area. Uh, it was homesick. We couldn't see family. We hadn't seen family in a while. So that was probably like the biggest thing being homesick and missing our family and missing being around people that we love and stuff like that. I wanted to ask you to your relationship with Jari and Jones. I think Dustin's got one lined up as well, but just tell us about your relationship with him because he said, you know, you played a vital factor in going to Tallahassee and playing for Mike Norvell and Odell Hagens. Uh, we had a good relationship at uh, Mississippi State, but I felt like our relationship really grew, grew when we got to Florida State and we started living with each other and we started being really the only ones there for each other because we the only ones that really knew each other. So I feel like that's that's what made us grow stronger together and our relationship build more when we got to Florida State. Like that's my brother. Like like right like I talked to him earlier. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You kind of went on the whole ride at Florida State. You know, whenever you got to FSU, it was Mike Norvell's first season. Program wasn't in the position that it is now, um, you know, a couple years later. 
when you're leaving. Um, when you look back at it, you know, you had the three and five season in 2020, and then you got off that 0 and 4 start in 2021. Where do you feel like uh, the moment started where when you guys began to turn things around and, you know, you finished, I think, five and five and two, five and three of those last couple of games in 21. And then obviously the success these past two seasons. Uh, I probably have to say at the end of 21, uh, I feel like we got off to a slow start because like of how the season started off. I feel like with the Notre Dame game being so close, a lot of guys got comfortable and thought that things were going to just roll over. And at the end of the day, we still do what needed to be done. I feel like we just didn't play with the confidence and the dominance that we needed to. But it really rolled over kind of towards the end of the season and stuff. And so when that 2022 season came, we already knew what time it was. We already knew what we actually needed to do and how we needed to approach things and how we needed to set up ourselves so we could be successful in the future. Because at the end of the day, all this don't start during fall camp. All this don't start in summer workouts. This starts in January and tour duty and spring ball and stuff like that. So we just took those days serious and took those days one by one so we could build up and just get stronger and faster and mentally tougher down the line. So when it was time to go play, we dominated. What's so special about playing for Mike Norvell, do you think? And two, also, we'll talk about Odell Higgins, too. Major fan of him and loved watching you guys at practice going against the OL. But what about Mike Norvell just stands out? What do you think makes him different? And you seeing that growth as a team and, you know, seeing that culture change, too, in the locker room? Uh, I'll probably say the consistency. No matter how your day is going, no matter how your day has started, no matter how your day is going, at the end of the day, you need to be consistent and have the same energy and a, and a better mindset when you touch that field, when you go into that locker room, when you go into that classroom. Because at the end of the day, it's just like life. If something bad happens to start your day off, not nobody really going to care. At the end of the day, you need to be able to push through it and get that job done regardless of what happened. This past season, obviously 13-0 and to start off the year, and this team had a – ability to overcome adversity. Um, there were four different games throughout the year where you guys were down by 10 plus points and you were able to come back and obviously win. Um, what made this team so special? You know, whenever you're down, you guys didn't blink. You just went to work and were able to get the job done. Uh, that mentality from Coach Lavelle, uh, him pushing us and making us do the hard stuff early before we got to the season. So when hard stuff came during the season, like we literally just like, okay, we know what we got to do. We know what needs to be done. This ain't nothing we ain't already did or nothing we ain't already faced. Because if you're being honest, like you seen uh, the kid from Florida when he uh, said something about tour duty, uh, mm. it's something that people really don't do nowhere else. Like everybody go through tour duty, but the way our tour duty is set up, you have to be tough mentally. If you can't get through it, you won't survive at Florida State. Um, I feel like tour duty and that spring ball is really what sets up everything during the season. Like, if that's if that's going good, then it's going to be a good season. Going back to Odell Higgins, tell us a little about him, playing for him, how you developed as a player too, but not just as a player on the field, but off the field as well. We hear such great things. I, even my dad has, has built a relationship with him. He's just big in the community and everything. But just tell us about Odell Higgins and playing for him these amount of years and what he's done for you. Uh, he's taught me a lot on and off the field. He's helped me out with some uh, some financial things. He's helped me um, put myself in better situations to be able to take care of my family and help me 
think about getting a degree. Well, I got my degree, helped me push to get into push to get in a degree and being one of the first of my family to do it. Uh, he just put you in better life, help you think through life situations and stuff like that. How's that relationship grown with him over the last uh, four years? Uh, it's grown pretty good. Uh, it's just been it's been good. Uh, I've learned a lot, and that was really it. There's a few guys that you've played with uh, the last couple of years. Who's been the most fun to be on the side with on the defensive line? And definitely if you're trying to get after the quarterback, who's who, who would you pick right next to you if you could right now? And there might be some others listening. I'm not sure if there's some guys, players yeah. actually listening to this show, but who, who would you pick if you had to? A DN or a D tackle or what? I'd say D tackle. We're going to go interior. If I'm playing beside somebody, I'll probably have to say Big Coop, Robert Cooper, or Malcolm Ray. Yeah. Yeah. What stands out about what stands out about Big Coop to you? Does it allow you to while he's taking on two guys to work one and you find success with that? Yeah, uh the connection we got, the hard work we put in together, bro. So it's like a lot of stuff happened naturally, a lot of stuff happened in order how it's supposed to happen. So like if if he doing something and I can correct it, I feel it. If I'm doing something and he can, re- can correct it, he can feel it too. So it's just like the natural connection of being able to work together all this time. As far as what you've done on the field, you're also a huge presence in the locker room at Florida State. So I wanted to ask about being a leader. Is is that something that you kind of had to more, you know, work on becoming? Or is that something that you were already a leader out of the gate because we heard Jordan talk about before he said he wasn't exactly, you know, comfortable, but he knew he had to step up and be a leader. So just how was that progression like for you? Uh honestly, I took on the leader role when Marvin when Marvin Wilson left. Because honestly, I, I've always been a leader. I just didn't really notice it myself until like I got to Florida State. Uh, people always told me that I was going to be a leader, but I really didn't see it myself. I thought I was just being myself and being myself naturally, you know, because uh, I had to lead a lot back home and stuff like that, doing in childhood stuff, growing up fast. So it was just like kind of natural to me, you know. But uh, at Florida State, I kind of had to grow into it and understand it more and understand being able to talk to certain guys a different way and being able to talk to certain guys so they can understand because you can't talk to everybody the same way. Mm-hmm. So, like, you could probably go get on one dude's butt, but the other guy, you might need to pull him to the side and be like, hey, boom, 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 or whatever, you know? So it's just it's just stuff like that that you have to learn. We were talking to Meech uh, a couple weeks ago in our last interview, and he was talking about Jared Verse. I want to hear it from your side because you're on the defensive line with him, but whenever he came and we saw him coming the first day of practices and definitely whenever he was able to put pads on for the first time, he was chirping, but – Tell us a little bit about him and just the way that he brought that kind of energy it felt like to practices and if that made any effect on you guys and just how he is also as a player and one of your teammates, former teammates. Uh, he brought the energy. I don't really think it had just too much of an effect on us because at the end of the day, we know that's who he was and that's just how he is. So at the end of the day, he do the chirping and talking, but a lot of guys don't really talk as much as he do. But it probably just affected more of the O linemen more than anything, but it didn't really affect us. You mentioned your son um, earlier in the show, and he's been able to be around Florida State a little bit over the last two years and be there for some of your big games, um, be there afterwards to you know watch you in the post game press conference. How special is it to have those memories that you're going to be able to look back on one day? 
Oh, it's very special because I can look back one day and show him all the pictures and show him all the things that I never got to experience growing up and just show him a different lifestyle and show him um, that he can do it all himself too. Like even with having a son early or not being able to come up the way I wanted to come up as growing up and stuff like that, that anything is possible. But I'm always, I'm always preach to him that I'm going to put him in the best situation possible so he don't have to experience some of the things I had to growing up as a child. Who were some guys in practice that gave you some fits on the offensive line? And maybe is there some, too, looking forward into 2024 that we would be should be keeping a close eye on in the spring camp coming up? Uh, Jalen Early. Yeah. What about what about him? Because we saw him early on. Not to not to cut you off, Fabo, but early on, you know, uh, Coach Atkins was really really hands on with him, and now you've seen it develop. But what what's so unique about early? Uh, he's strong. He got good feet work. He got good hand placement. Uh, Verse might not like me saying this, but he's one of the only guys on the O line to actually yeah him him up. Well, yeah, he's a he's a dog. He's quiet, but he's a dog. He gonna come out there and give you his best. Uh, it's just it's it's in him. It's in him. He just gotta he just gotta translate it to the field, man, and translate it to the game, and get those opportunities because he's a dog at the end. I feel like he's gonna be real special once y'all see him play this year. Yeah, he had some really exciting moments um, in practice this past season. With that, I want to flip to the other side of the ball back to the defensive line. Um, Daryl Jackson obviously wasn't able to play very much this past season due to that NCAA transfer BS, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we saw him in practice standing out throughout the year. And from someone who was able to practice next to him, see him in the locker room throughout the year at Florida State, um, what are FSU fans getting in Daryl Jackson in 2024? Uh, big time playmaker, somebody that's going to bust a butt uh, every chance he gets, somebody that's going to make everything happen that needs to happen. Uh, He's going to be in the backfield a lot, I can tell you that. <laughs> you have any teams that you, at least for, you know, rivalry-wise, that you looked forward to playing during your years at Florida State? And, and, you know, you went to Clemson this last season. We were there for that to cover it. It was a wild, wild place and extremely loud. Um, but it, it seems like, though, for you guys, y'all feed off that kind of stuff. Is that, is that that's what We had a few former players come on here and say that. Do y'all kind of feed off that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. We like that. Yeah. Like, we like that because we like going to places where people think we're not going to win. Mm -hmm. Like, that that turns us up even more because at the end of the day, we know we're going to win. We know we're going to dominate. We're going to take it to wherever it needs to be taken. Uh, we fed off that game a lot because it was just, it was a big one. The last time we was there, we lost. So, and just about everybody that was on that team back then was on that team now. So, we understand what the mission was and what needed to be done. You obviously were able to play against <clears throat> Florida and Miami quite a lot during your college career. Is there one of those teams that you dislike maybe more than the other one, or do you just hate them both? Uh, I don't like neither one. Like, it's not just uh, both. I'll probably have to say – honestly, I'll probably have to say Miami because them guys think they are all high and mighty and whatnot. But I ain't going to lie, I like playing against Florida because they offensive line is always a good matchup. Uh, they always had the bigger guys and stuff like that, so it kind of it brings me back to SEC play, and I like the violence and I like the the contact with them guys. So, yeah, yeah, we talked to uh, Meech about it, but you know, Keandre getting spat on there by the defensive lineman that came in for what one or two plays and having that 
I don't know, having that mentality to hold back like that, yeah. it says a lot about the character and I, I feel like the it discipline does, on bro. the team. It does, but I couldn't help I couldn't help I couldn't. I ain't gonna lie to you. If I was <laughs> next, I That's what they ain't gonna play about. Uh uh-uh. mm-hmm. I, 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 that's he's what I'm strong. saying. I, he's strong for that, but and me, I personally, I couldn't hold myself back in a situation like that. You just had to I kick me out. Of the- <laughs> really I don't know, know how he did it either. I, I really have no idea how Keandre stayed settled like that. But then you go down there, you piss him off, you piss off the offense, and they find their six, first success of the night and are able to go down there and score before halftime. But that was. That was wild. That yeah. was wild. I, I just could not. I remember, him, I remember him also saying, though, like he didn't really realize it happened until like a little bit later after it happened. So oh, yeah. it was kind of, it was kind of new to him when it, when he figured when he finally like realized what happened, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's just he, he he's a tough one. He's a tough guy. He's a strong guy mentally because I couldn't. Yeah, it's just no one's uh, no one's expecting that on the football field mm-hmm. at all. This is uh this is a question from Facebook for you, Fabo. Who wins at the beginning of a, of a practice race? And I don't think, I don't think you participated in yeah, these nah. a whole ton. I don't think yeah. you were about that. <laughs> yeah, no, nah. because I'm not going to run there real tired and then go straight to drills with Odell. It's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. I'm in total to- shock that that uh that Coop did it for all yeah. those years. Like you're already for as that size for your guys the size that big you're already wearing yourself out. But uh, I, here's the question I'm asking: If you, Big Coop, Dante, or Fisk are winning that race, I'll probably have to say Dante. Yeah, probably I have to say, say so. I never, and honestly, I never ran because everybody that ran was on the back side of the huddle, and I'm in the, either the middle or on the other side of the huddle breaking down the huddle. So it was never a chance for me to be able to do that. So you know. I don't I don't blame you whatsoever at all. I, I don't understand why some of the big guys do it. I'd be so worn out. But uh yeah, Braden, Braden we talked with him and he he's he's a different kind of animal. What was it like playing with him this last season for just one year with him coming in? Uh it was good. Um he's a great great guy. He gets off the ball, he works hard, uh he's gonna put his best foot forward. Uh he likes to watch film. He likes to learn from everybody's play. Uh, he likes to coach and show you his play and show you different ways of how he plays and stuff like that. But he's a big film watcher also. So it's good to be able to be around him. You conclude your career at Florida State, you know, going out there and winning that ACC championship against Louisville. And, I mean, it was just a, a dominant defensive performance from, from Braden Fisk, from Jared Verse, from you. You had a sack that night. So to go out there and um, win a ring like that, you know, obviously the offense was shorthanded. Um, what, what did that night mean to you? Uh, it meant a lot. It meant the, it meant the world. Sure. That was my first championship in life or anything period. So, and just to come from being that 2020 season, that 2021 season and actually letting things pay off how they should have from, the, from that long time ago, it it felt good. Uh, I was just happy to be there, happy to have a bowl with There's a guy that's maybe not talked a whole ton, but you could just see the, the fire in him throughout his career at FSU and develop, developmental-wise, he's done a great job. And then looking at him participating in the Orange Bowl, uh, Kalen Deloach, tell us a little bit about him. 
and just playing alongside with him on that defensive side of the ball and, you know, just seeing him grow as a player because I think a lot of fans really, really got to see the, just the player that he is and the person more than anything at, at, during the postseason of his career and this last season. Uh, he's a great dude. That's my dog, D-Lo, man. We'd be on the game together and everything. So uh, seeing him grow from when I first got there, because when I first got there, he didn't really play much. Uh, he was still becoming the guy that he was now, but he's grown a lot. He's grown tremendously. He's a hard worker. He's a great leader. Um, I love playing with him behind me, like, because I know if, if I'm taking on double team, he's going to make the play. Uh, it's it's great playing with a guy like him behind you. He's fast, strong. Powerful. He might look small, but he's going to hit anything that's moving. And with that, you know, you were here for the entirety, basically, of Jordan Travis's um, career at Florida State. You know, you were able to see him go through some big ups and downs and, you know, grow into one of the best players in college football, along with the leader that he was at Florida State like you were. So um, just to be a part of that journey and both of you guys being at Florida State during that same time period, you know, what, what has that been like the last couple of years? Oh, it's been cool. Uh, me and Jay Trav really got close after like the first year, I think, two first year, two years almost, because uh, he was going through a lot and I was still trying to figure everything out myself. Um, this past year, we was on the same road, so we did everything together. We talked about a lot of stuff, uh, just on a leader perspective also, and um, with certain things of practice or just how everything was going. And uh it's been great to see him grow though, because he he was going through a lot the first two years here, with the quarterback change and stuff like that, and the fans really didn't believe in him and uh, stuff like that. But he he overcame all of it. Uh, I feel like every day he tried to prove his point at practice. So, like even some days like he was hurting or anything like that, he was like, "Bro, no, I got to get better." Like the fans don't really respect me. Like I might get a lot of love now, but at the end of the day, I still remember how I was when I wasn't getting the love. And when I was going on the field and people booed me, people don't understand how that feel and how that could take an effect on a player's mind. Imagine you going on the field and the whole stadium is booing you at the school you go to. Like that's, that's not easy to deal with. That's not easy to overcome, but he overcame it and he's a Florida state legend now. Yeah. They're not booing now. No. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, that was a rough night at North Alabama game. That was yeah. – this felt like a nightmare for anybody, for even us covering it, for fans, of course, and you guys on the sideline, just having to go through that, sitting at halftime and try to bounce back from it. Uh, I, I couldn't imagine. But, you know, you guys show diversity, and I think Dustin's going to ask a question here when we get near the end about that college football playoff snub. But there's a lot of things that were overlooked on this FSU team, and defensively – it should have never been overlooked just off of how the way that y'all played this last season. I got a question I ask for every player, former or current. You're in that kind of middle range there. But, Fabo, favorite food spot and tally. You can have top three. You can have a number one, whichever. If you've got a list of them, feel free. I think Jarian named off a handful of them. But if you've got any... And you're a big guy, let's be honest. You're a big guy, so we're expecting some good ones here, some good selections. Yeah. I probably have to say my favorite breakfast spot down there is Bada B. Okay. Uh, uh, I'll probably have to say Nagoya, the hibachi place. Uh, Who was that? Who said Nagoya? Who else said Nagoya? Was that Meech or? I think it, it might have been Meech. I think it was Meech. I believe it was. Another big boy. 
I probably have to say uh Olean's Cafe also over there on mm-hmm. Fam Campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's a taco truck that be in College Town. Guy, uh, it's called Comeback Tacos. They got mm-hmm. real good tacos. They got uh, they're probably the best tacos I've had in Tally. And it's probably uh, it's a taco truck called uh, Chilean Chilis down, like going towards uh, Talent Gun Ranch. So it's wow. in that truck, and I probably have to say that's really it. Hell yeah, man! And no, Can no, you... it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a deli shop. It's a deli sub shop in uh, by the uh, by the Capitol building. I think it's um, Metro Deli, Metro Deli. Yeah, they got yeah, this. Yeah. They got real good sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, but dude, I've been seeing you're on those acai bowls now, though. I've been seeing those on the story. Oh yeah, I love them things. Get them from uh, Greenwise. Oh, okay, like, they got good ones. Yeah, yeah. Greenwise have probably had the best ones I've tried in Tally, but I don't. I'm not discrediting any other places because I haven't tried everywhere. But I like Greenwise <laughs> because they stuff is fresh. Uh, they stuff is fresh, and uh, they give me good sizes. And as soon as I come in, they already making mine because they know what, which ones I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Fabian, it's been a couple months now since uh, the college football playoffs uh, back in December. But I want to ask you, you know, looking back on that moment, what were what was your reaction like in the immediate aftermath? And I mean, just now, even now, you know, however many days, weeks, months later, are you still kind of miffed, miffed, pissed off about what happened that day? Oh, that's that was crazy. That was crazy. Uh, I was really appalled. Like I really didn't know what to say or what to do. Like yeah. it was just, it was just crazy because it was like we finished thirteen and all. You put two guys in there that are twelve and one. And what blow what pisses me off the most, bro, is everybody tries to relate that Georgia game to how everything would have happened when nobody on our team that actually played through the season played in that game. Mm-hmm. Sixty three to three, my ass. Like, come on. Like that was a freshman. Georgia went out there to prove a point. Like we didn't, we didn't have to prove a point. Y'all saw we were undefeated, and y'all still didn't give us an opportunity. So it was just like at the end of the day, what else could we prove? Like we was already thirteen and zero. We we won our conference. What else? What else was that to do? What else was that to show? We did everything that needed to be done. We did everything that we 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 checked the requirements to be able to go into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it just blows because some guys think. We would have got blowed out if we would have went and played or anything like that. But y'all don't know how anything would have turned out. Y'all saw how our defense played this year. We rarely gave up, gave up any touchdowns this year. Louisville was like a top 10 offense, and we didn't let them score. So, like, it was, I don't know. It just it just blows me just thinking about it. But at the end of the day, I felt like if we would have had an opportunity to be in the playoffs, we would have put our best foot forward, and we would have been off, been better off dealing with those uh with those uh, results at the end of the day. Because I felt like we would have put our best foot forward and we would have ended up in the national championship. Did, you know, looking at Adam Fuller, too, playing for him, it seemed like this defense got better and better and better year by year, and it has, obviously, from Fuller. But uh, you all kind of had that that feeling going into games, definitely after Jordan Travis was hurt, that, hey, the, the defense, we've got to perform. We, we've got to set a standard where we're not allowing points. We're not allowing this many yards. Uh, did y'all ever kind of put that on y'all selves, on y'all shoulders? Uh, uh, no, nah, not necessarily. I think once that happened, everybody felt it. Like, everybody knew what time it was. Like, it wasn't no 
most slacked in it. Well, I wasn't saying guys are slacking, but it was like to the T with everything. You had to dot your eyes across the T's like with everything. So it wasn't just no nobody saying it or nobody coming out about it. But at the end of the day, I felt like guys knew what time it was regardless of how everything happened. I think you saw it. I think um, after Jordan Travis went down, the defense only allowed one touchdown in the next 38 possessions up until, you know, going through the ACC championship. And the only touchdown that you guys allowed was on that drive where Akeem Dent got called for that um, quote-unquote personal foul against Florida. Yeah. Yeah. That was some bogus BS flag right there. I always just wonder what uh, Norvell was saying on the sideline. Yeah, I I didn't really remember. I just everybody was blowed and everybody was he was cussing and hot because it was just like it didn't make sense. Like it was a clean hit. <laughs> it was. It was, man. It was. So now just jumping into now, you know, your your training and everything. You got invited. Congratulations too on the NFL Combine invite. Very much Thank looking you, forward. Yeah, very much looking forward to covering you there. Uh, you said that you're working on your speed right now, but tell us, you know, the preparations for also pro day going into FSU, but then also your NFL combine and, and what you're planning on doing uh, there. Uh, really just preparing for everything, preparing for the 40, preparing for the drills, the L drills, the cone drills, uh, the D-line drills, the position drills, and uh, being able to just show them the best me and being able to put my best foot forward with everything. And that's really it for the most part. Um, and doing the uh, drills to be able to be cleaned up and polished up on them so when I get there, everything will look good and smooth. Is there anyone at the NFL level that you kind of look up to or model yourself model yourself after or maybe compare yourself to? Uh, I'd probably have to say Jeffrey Simmons because of the dominance and the power and the violence he plays with. So that's who probably will. Yeah. Is there this is so this is such a generic question, but do you have a favorite NFL team? Uh I grew up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan because when I uh, first saw, when I first started watching football, uh they were the guys who were winning, they were the guys who were popping. So but we ain't been doing good the past few years. So <laughs> but I feel like now my favorite team will be whoever I finish with or however however things go in the league. So, you know. Hey, I'm a. I, I was almost about to wear my uh, Steelers cap on here, but I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> fan. So, I mean, if you want to go the dominant defense, there's always usually, there's no doubt about that. But you're right, we got some things to fix. It's not yeah. been, uh, it's not been too fun. But can you imagine playing for Mike Tomlin though? Man, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it would be. It actually would. I've seen him on TV all these years, and I'm actually playing for this guy. That'd be crazy. <laughs> I know he talked good. about. Sorry to butt in, but I know we talked about the Shrine Bowl earlier and you said that you were able to talk with a bunch of different scouts. And, you know, I'm not sure if it's kind of the same as the combine where you're going to have these interviews and go sit down with with all these different teams and everything. But whenever these guys are asking you questions and we've heard in the past from players, did you get any questions that, you know, surprised you or were a little weird? Um, no, nah, not really. They didn't ask me nothing too crazy or too weird or nothing. I ain't really getting nothing out of pocket or nothing like that. It was basically the most generic questions, like basically just figuring out who I am and how I grew up and stuff like that. I'm going to say, you might find out more of those weird questions whenever you get up to Indianapolis. There might be someone that, uh, some guys in there that might ask some weird ones. But uh, I just think, though, 
for you guys, 12 of you guys being up there in, in Indianapolis, I think y'all are going to kill it in those interviews. Just going off of the kind of culture that was built in Tallahassee and Norvell and the staff and everything. And, you know, definitely with your position coaches with Odell Higgins, what he's been able to produce into the NFL. I mean, look at Derek Nottie, three Super Bowl rings, man, three. Yep. Uh, and that, that's major. That's major. So uh, there, there's a lot to like about what Florida State's producing into the NFL. And y'all going to have a batch of guys up there, man. It's going to be super fun to watch and cover. You're going to see a lot of your former guys. You probably haven't seen a handful of these guys in a minute, though, probably. Yeah. 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 Well, some of them in Dallas. Yeah. The only ones I saw in Dallas was Renardo, Ojeda, Padilla. Yeah. That was Renardo is another one that slept on. We talked with Jarney yeah. about that, but he gave the yeah. case on Renardo. Major slept on. Yeah, major, major. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I, I appreciate you hopping on here with us. This was a great interview. I, I was looking forward to it for a while now, but get some rest, man. Get some rest. <laughs> Two a days. No thanks. <laughs> Me and Dilu, we're going to sit back right here and just sit on the keyboard <laughs> and the webcam. But That's super, right. super appreciative, man. Thanks for hopping on, Fabo. Yes, sir. No problem. Thank y'all for having me, man. Y'all have a good night. Definitely, man. And best of luck in Indy. Yes, sir. Thank you. Go Nose. Yes, sir. Stay healthy. Peace. Yes, sir. Peace out. Sweet deal. Great interview there with our guy, Fabo. Awesome interview. I had a feeling it would be. Uh, dude, dude is exhausted, though. That man's training, looking at his arms. I think everything's doing fine in the weight room-wise. But he said he's working on his speed, so... We'll see what these 40s are going to run. We're going to do we're going to do some kind of bet thing. So everybody that's listening or if you're here live in the comments, we're going to be doing we're going to set up a bet and we're going to try to guess the 40s for all 12 of these guys or well not 12. We'll have Jay whoever running, runs. <laughs> whoever runs will be run will be running up a a bet thing here on who runs the 40s. So we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening Dilu. Yeah, that was a great one. You know, Fabian spent so much time at Florida State and really developed into an important figure for the Seminoles, both on and off the field. And it sucked that he had part of his time, you know, robbed by those injuries, especially, you know, it was a time where Florida State was very successful. But, I mean, man, the impact that he's been able to make the last couple of years is going to continue to uh, be shown through some of these younger defensive linemen that are coming up. Yeah, no, hearing this thing about Jalen Early, man, you know, dealer, we were sitting there watching him and getting some strong coaching from Alex Atkins. And I think that's a nice way of putting it for sure. <laughs> but he's one as a true freshman. He, he got coached very hard, but it should have it should have been assigned to us. We see that with a lot of handful of other guys that come through the program that when these position coaches are on you nonstop, that means that they think very highly of you. And they think that there's a there's a high there's a sky's the limit for you and, and developmental wise. And, you know, Jalen Early, he thinks he, he's going to get some playing time. Uh, and, and 2024, we'll see what ends up happening. But that's a really good sign for Florida State being able to develop some of those youngsters that uh, that Atkins has in his realm of Army and that group. And we saw some of it this past season. Uh, I mentioned it during the interview, but you know, during pra- there was a couple week stretch of practices where Jalen Early was just consistently going up there and winning those reps and uh, the three on twos against the defensive line one-on-one pass blocking drills towards the end of practice. So definitely seems like the light has begun to turn on there. Still, I think, kind of remains to be seen if he's going to be a guard or a tackle at the college level. But I think he's definitely shown some positive signs as he gets ready to enter his third year in Tallahassee. What I love the most is that big guy 
Fabo, he think dropped like six or maybe more food spots that he went to. I didn't even know there were taco trucks in Tallahassee. So yeah, I know. one of me. our yeah, one of our listeners in here, Will Reed, said he's in he's in Tampa. So he might just have to tweet or DM Fabo since he's here training in the Tampa area. So you better hit him up with some good taco spots uh, because Fabo's after him. But yeah, man, Fabo, great interview. We're working on trying to get some more as we go through the season. Not going to have any more on the podcast this week. As you know, VZ wasn't on with us. He's sick, dealing with the sickness. So me and D. Lou held down the interview with Fabo, but not much to talk about this week. No reason just to kind of screw around and just make up stuff in our heads and whatnot. We've got a ton of spring stuff coming up. So we'll be going into that with along with Combine. We're going to be covering that heavily. We're actually potentially going to be doing some kind of definitely a direct podcast just surrounding that, but might do some live stream stuff. Definitely when we get into the NFL draft as well in the first round, we'll probably be going live for that. So we've got a lot of content coming from you guys, but we're going to continue to try to grab some interviews for y'all. We definitely are heavy on the defensive side. We got to jump over to some more offensive guys. So we'll, we'll work on doing that, but uh, that, that's going to wrap it up. Unless you've got anything more D Lou on your end. No, I got to get ready to head to new Orleans. So this works for me. Back at it, man. Uh, Last time we went, it went well for FSU. It did not go well for my body at all. So they call it the big easy, but these next couple of days are they're, they're not going to be very easy. They are not going to be easy. So uh, best of luck to you, but have some fun. Be safe. Uh, as always, you can listen to podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We've also got a lot of content. We've actually for our audio listeners been trying to clean up some things there. So I know a lot of y'all watch on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, but for our audio listeners trying to make the microphone sound a little bit better, a little bit more crisp, you know, trying some different things while we're in the off season, try to improve things. And also too, if you're not following us on Instagram, we're posting a lot more on there at null game day. So we're all across socials at the moment, but yeah, if you're watching on this and you want to go on the audio version, if you're in the car, or you know, you can't watch at the moment or at the gym, we're on audio. So, uh, simply just put in the chat. I uh, just exclamation point, Spotify, exclamation point, Apple exclamation point. Uh, I think that's all I've got in there. Maybe ex- exclamation point, uh, Google play, but hit that. And then you'll be able to grab a link that will send you to the app. So you can listen to our show on there, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up. Got a lot of spring camp stuff, some look ahead stuff at some position groups some previews, some guys that we were keeping an eye on. So tons of content coming to you guys, but I appreciate it. Everybody enjoy the rest of y'all's week. And we will see you guys next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Peace.